Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hardcore Perspectives. It's Anu and Gia. And we're hungry. <laughs> well, a little bit. Yeah, well, I guess I'm getting hungry thinking about my trip to Italy, and I'm leaving tomorrow morning, or afternoon actually. Um, but I'll be leaving um, my house early tomorrow morning to get myself to the airport at a you know appropriate time and to get myself settled. I'm one of those people that has to arrive at the airport a couple hours early, otherwise I freak out. Why are you not already there? <laughs> I know, basically. I think it's <laughs> probably an Indian parent thing. I think my mom has to be at the airport like two days before her flight leaves to feel comfortable. Get um, the best seat. I guess you have assigned seats. I feel like I have a perpetual fear of like, I don't know, my seat being taken away from me or whatnot. Yeah, I don't have, I don't think I have an assigned seat because I normally print my tickets when I get to the airport. Oh, you just go random? Yeah. Ah, that's scary. <laughs> well, pretty I'm cute. traveling solo, so I'm pretty flexible. Usually if people are traveling with, uh, you know, family members and stuff, I'll just let them sit together and move into the aisle or whatever. You just whatever kind of works. adapt to wherever you need to be. Yeah, I feel like when you're traveling, you have to be adaptable because especially when you're going to countries like India or Italy, you have to do them on their terms. You don't get to go there and show up. Because like if you, again, like we talked about in our last one, if mm-hmm. you show up wanting to be catered to, go to a resort where you know people will come and wrap you in robes and yeah. give you massages and chocolates. And That's called tourism. And yeah, <laughs> we covered all that last time, which is interesting. Yeah. But I can't believe you're going to be going to Italy tomorrow. Yeah, I'm so excited. I haven't been there in five years, and it was one of the most memorable experiences of my early 20s, just of college in general. I'm so glad I went and did it. Uh, I remember coming home with all sorts of stories and experiences, and I came back with a confidence I didn't know I had. Or maybe it wasn't there before, and I developed it during the trip. Um, I just remember this one story where I was getting on a train from Rome to Pacenza to see my cousins, and uh, this guy, he was just at the, there, um, I don't know if he was officially part of the train uh, service or whatever, or he was just hanging out, but he put my bags, he didn't even ask me, he just picked up my suitcase and put it on the train and got me situated, and I was like, oh, thanks. And I like tipped him a couple euros, I was like, thanks for helping me. But he's like, no, it's 10 euro for, for helping me. I was like, um, oh, <laughs> hell no. Like, I'm not paying oh, you 10 euro. Oh, you there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, and part of me almost was like okay maybe I'll just give it to him and then I was like no it's like I didn't ask you to touch my luggage right touched it without my permission and put it up here and I already tipped you because I felt generous (laughs) and now you're gonna get out of my face and I feel like I wouldn't have had the courage to do that at the beginning of the trip but at the end of the trip I was a whole different person because I've been navigating a city by myself. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing about travel, right? Like, you kind of have to be able to kind of assert your own because Mm -hmm. um, you're playing by a different set of rules. You can't expect the same (laughs) kind of gameplay to work. Yeah. You have to have your own guard up. Um, Same things that have happened to me in Thailand and Cambodia. Um, (laughs) Try to, but I kind of was that way in the beginning where I was like, no, you're not taking advantage of me. I have Mm -hmm. my guard up. But you do learn to be that way. Yeah, and I mean, you have Um, to be careful, especially as a woman traveling by yourself. I feel like in India, I don't know if I'd necessarily even want to try to navigate India by myself. Um, but I mean, Italy was felt comfortable. There's definitely less violent crimes. I'm not worried about getting shot at a school over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because let me tell you, gun culture is different over there. There are like militarized areas because there's still parts of fascist Italy that you see when you see the military standing around with machine guns around certain areas. Right. But um, for the most part, 
gun violence is not an issue in Italy. Yeah, there's some other things going on with their politics, but I think that's just kind of a nav world trend right now. And now the whole world's going cuckoo. Dun, dun, dun. Psycho cuckoo bananas. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of all these things, I think, I I mean, I go to Italy too in a few weeks, and what's exciting about that is, like, you get to join me there. We're going <laughs> to hang out and have lots of food and wine. Yeah, that's the most exciting part. <laughs> of course, I'm excited to see you there. Yeah. But I think, like, just um, Italy in itself is just, like, I mean, a huge part of history. Like, Rome is, right? All roads lead to Rome. Mm -hmm. That empire had a huge impact. Um, and we kind of touched a little bit about this on this in the last podcast. And, I mean, there's so many ways we can focus today's conversation. But I think G and I decided, well, what is the one thing that we're most excited for? It's definitely the food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so I think we're just going to focus our conversation about Italian food culture and I would like to discuss, uh, I want to hear from Anu about gelato because I think a lot of people have questions <laughs> about ice cream versus gelato and Anu actually worked at Feigning Goat uh, for four years during college so she knows the ins and outs of gelato deliciousness. Yes, insert promo, Fainting Goat Gelato is located in Wallingford, Seattle, Washington, <laughs> and it is adorable and freaking good. It's um, definitely worth checking out. It's <laughs> a little free plug for them. <laughs> yeah, gotta give it a little pitch. Um, yeah, no, I can go back into my mode of explaining gelato versus ice cream to people, but first off, gelato is like kind of the quote-unquote ice cream of Italy. Um, that's what you see everywhere there. I'm assuming I haven't been to Italy, but Gia's nodding her head, so yes. Mm -hmm. It's uh, kind of the Italian form of ice cream. It's not ice cream at all, though, because the difference here, here it is. Ice cream is a higher ratio of cream to milk. Gelato has a higher ratio of milk to cream. So one of my big pitches for people buying gelato was you should feel better about it because it's less fat content mm -hmm. because there is more milk used in the process. Also, it's a denser, um, it's a denser product. Um, ice cream has more air whipped into it mm -hmm. versus gelato, so there it's has... It's whipped good. It's whipped too good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with, you know, the, with all the fat, it takes a little bit more, you know, going on that churning there, but, you know, that also makes it so that ice crystals form in those bubbles that are formed in ice cream, which is why ice cream you often, when it's frozen too long, gets a lot of, like, freezer burns and you get chunks of ice. It's so gross. Yes, and gelato is just smoother, denser because that air is less whipped into it. It mm -hmm. also takes longer to make. It's so creamy, y'all. I can, I can see it now. Yeah, it's I dripping mean, down my chin. <laughs> gelato, I just called you gelato. <laughs> I'll <laughs> take that. That's what G you gelato. <laughs> that is actually kind That's of That's my street name. GG. What is that? Like, is that GG? Great. It's my gangster name. Great girl, gangster, gangster girl. No, it actually means Gia Gelato. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Actually, the acronym. I'm gonna move to Italy and become a mob wife, and that's gonna be my mob wife name, Gia Gelato. <laughs> Living in Sicily, <laughs> you could open up this gelato shop, dude. They probably, you know, need don't tempt like me because I honestly <laughs> want to just move there and open up my gelato shop. Gia's Gelato, come get it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. There probably is a Gia's Gelato shop somewhere in Italy. And um, pro tip. Or I guess Gia can correct me if this is not a pro tip. Pro tip based on Google research and other people uh -huh. is that when you buy gelato in Italy, do not go for the fancy, because in Seattle you see this, like the fancy ones that look super nicely whipped up and they're like kind of over extending out of their metal pan and it looks pretty, but <laughs> yeah. that's 
the more artificial type. Yeah, those are the frou-frou ones. When you're there, look at what the, where the locals are going and just buy what the locals buy. And you'll know who the locals are because they dress fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Not like me, like my hair's in a bun right now, but... Yeah, it's pretty easy to suss out the tourists versus the locals there. Um, and... Just buy what they buy. Or when you go to the shops, ask the shopkeeps, you know, what do you recommend? And if you really just don't know, go for the gelato places that have flat pans. Yeah, don't go don't for the frills. Yeah. yeah, don't go for the frills. Go don't for... judge a book by its cover. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome. It's good to know that. And it definitely makes me feel better about eating lots of gelato while I'm over there. Because it's, hey, it's less fat content exactly you're basically on a diet also yeah. you're walking around Rome so <laughs> that's my basically medicine <laughs> well so Gia you're gonna be getting there I mean you leave tomorrow you get there pretty soon yeah and I'm looking forward to <laughs> after that point what are you gonna eat oh dude I don't even know because well I suppose when I get there I'm gonna have to find something for dinner I kind of you really... say that like it's a chore <laughs> <laughs> well usually I'm gonna be panicked about finding my Airbnb because I feel like there's some complicated instructions that my host sent me. So that's gonna be an experience because I've never stayed in an Airbnb before. Oh really? Yeah. Be but good. I'm hoping like once I'm checked in with her, I can just ask her for a recommendation, or maybe if she like doesn't think I'm creepy, she'll come and have dinner with me or something. And then that's, yeah, yeah, and then I'll have her give a recommendation. But I definitely want some cheesy stuffed pasta. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. Something simple because the Italians are pretty uh, simple with their food, um, unless you want like the big four course meals, which I did a couple of times when I was over there when we were in Pestjum. So uh, I studied abroad there and when my whole class went down to Pestjum to, we checked out Pompeii and then we uh, stayed the night at this little uh, bed and breakfast area. They had these little cottages with a pool uh, in this farm area. It was so beautiful and really quaint. And they had amazing, because down south they're known for their mozzarella, their buffalo mozzarella. Mm-hmm. And they fried up these mo- uh, buffalo mozzarella balls that were breaded and they just put a light sauce on them and they were so delicious. That sounds amazing. And I remember they just kept bringing stuff out and they had this peach cobbler that. Uh, I I feel like some Italian grandma made for us special. She is like <laughs> so, like just drooling right now. Like, so that good. sounds like a fancy ass mozzarella stick. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, and <laughs> you know, and I'm down with that. It's definitely that. But and then I also just remember really bonding with my friends because the meals are slow there. It's not about, cause you know, here it's all about fast food. You take it to go and you run out the door with it. And it's all about consumption on the go. Cause we're all just working ourselves to death all the time. I don't think we even know what we're eating. No, most let of the alone time, if yeah. we're breathing. And I think that's what's always, this is why at least I want to talk about food culture. Cause I think it's really reflective of the society that you're in. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, the take it easy. I experienced that in Dutch culture as well. Like mm-hmm. in Amsterdam it was like, yeah. no, it's going to bother you. But okay. So the courses though, that's really interesting. What I was reading that just part of the reason I'm not, again, I haven't been to Italy, but like they mm-hmm. like the separate courses because they don't want the food to be touching, <laughs> but also they believe that it should be their own unique piece. Yeah. Um, what are the four courses? Uh, let's see if I can remember them. You usually start off with an aperitivo, so kind of mm-hmm. like an ap- appetizer kind of a thing, something really small, maybe a light pasta or salad course, maybe some soup. Um, and then you go into the primo course, mm-hmm. and um, that will be something a little heavier. Uh, and then the second course 
<laughs> is it called secundo? Yeah, secundo. Or I don't know how to pronounce it. I sound like <laughs> a moron. Um, yeah, I think it's called secundo course. Correct us if we're wrong. But uh, <laughs> learning. <laughs> and then you move into the dolce, dolce, so the dessert, and I think then you end it with a digestivo, which is I... kind of like a. That's my favorite. I just yeah. love, like, you could, so, I mean, you could explain, digestivo is just, like, a drink that's supposed to help you digest food, and I... It can, it's a little bit alcoholic. It's, I mean, Like, Jaeger Monster. <laughs> I mean, is that right? Yeah. Wait, Jaegermeister. I just called it Jaeger Monster. <laughs> it's kind of a monster. Yeah, just something to help everything go down, help you digest stuff. Um, or a reason to just get a little drunk. Yeah, and limoncello is a popular way to go, mm-hmm. go about doing that. And then some, some people end a meal with coffee. Which I can't comprehend because usually, uh, well, maybe it's to help contract the food coma that's inevitably coming. Yeah, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big coffee person, so it's not how I end it, but like having it end with some limoncello would be like perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, going like, I did one of those very slow meals. Um, It was our last meal together, our class in Rome. Uh, It was so bittersweet. Because we were all together and we all knew we were leaving in the morning, and but it was just such a nice way to get together, and just eat and talk and wrap up our trip. And it was, I don't know, I'm kind of getting emotional thinking about it. But like, I it was, it's one of those formative memories for me where food and people, were, those that's basically all you need in life. Yeah, and I think those are probably um, the memories that I associate strongly with, especially with traveling, when groups especially, like the meals that were the highlight. Like I'm already thinking of like my favorite meal in Prague, mm-hmm. um, which was like overlooking a lot of Prague and it was like a really nice just like area outside. I don't even remember what it was the food. It was some kind of pasta. It was really good, but it was just like the view, the experience of it. Yeah. And what I enjoyed about traveling, which, you know, I don't even remember the highlight meals here. You know, like Taco yeah. Bell is a highlight here. That's because it's just, you know, shitty ass fast food that in some way is weirdly memorable. But like, <laughs> I think the, the thing that's interesting about travel and I'm excited for Italy for this is what is that experience like in a different context when people, you know, like sit down and have a meal? How are you served? Mm-hmm. How are you interacted with by your waiters? Like in Amsterdam, they serve you and then they kind of leave you alone. Yeah. And they don't ju- bother you. They don't bother you. You can, we like literally would sit, sit there for two hours and I'd get out of a restaurant and I'd feel like I just blacked out because I didn't realize how quickly two hours would pass and how yeah. did that happen? In Japan, no one will say anything to you unless you say, Simi Masan, and you call them over. Like they believe in respecting that time because honestly eating is kind of intimate like yeah. you're literally putting stuff in your body yeah you're like, becoming is, one with it yeah you know like oh you know like zen like or not, i don't even just like a different That's understanding true. of it i feel like a lot of cultures kind of have a spiritual experience with their food not in america yeah it's more here it's like a challenge how much goo can i fit into my body in like the shortest amount of time fuel me even then, though this might kill me because i don't know what's in this food preservatives and I have to say one of my biggest pet peeves about waiters in America or like waitresses is I'll have just got my food I'll put the first bite in my mouth and someone will pop over and stick their face in my face and be like how is it and I was like, <laughs> like I just took a bite. My mouth is full. I can't even answer you right now. It's like worse than being at the dentist when they have your their hands in your face. And so that really bothers me. I love that they don't have that like 
overbearing customer service in mm-hmm. Europe where and, and you don't even have to tip them because like, I think, think that's part of why we have the overbearing culture here True. is because these waiters and waitresses are desperate because the restaurants aren't paying them proper wages so they depend on tips and they want to be super likable and I feel like sometimes that just like anno- comes off annoying to me right um yeah no I think that's true like being like kind of overtly there is like mm-hmm. trying to be exceptional in customer service where it's just it's like I'm I want my time alone to eat but yeah. I agree like I think tipping actually is probably a big part of that and, and you yeah Italy they yeah. don't tip. they don't tip yeah it's almost like some people will be offended if you do try to tip them that was in Japan too yeah I got I had a waiter um run outside to me to be say like you left your, your money. money yeah because I feel like to them it's like I'm not like a servant or like a lower person that you have to tip like I'm doing my job like I get paid to be here and right. I don't need your charity and I mean the history and tipping is pretty fucked up because <laughs> just it, a little bit it's rooted in slavery yeah so and people and just companies getting away with not paying their employees yeah it's that's a whole wow. especially female dominated um areas because a lot of uh diners and places in America that are food uh, industries, they use a lot of female labor. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. not so much in the kitchen, but like definitely when when it comes to the wait staff. I and mean, a lot of tipping jobs are mainly female. Like you think of a waitress, I mean, there mm-hmm. are waiters, but that's more I occupied think in by Italy, for, In my experience, I don't know if this is true for all around, but like there are more women in the kitchen and the waiters were men. Interesting. Um, whereas here, I feel like it's usually reversed where there's men in the kitchen. Um, and then like the women's, chefs. yeah, and the chefs are men, uh, and then the females wait the tables. Uh, that's, I mean, that's not, I'm not sure if that's like how it is blanket statement, like mm-hmm. all over the place, but like in my experience in Italy, that's kind of how it was. Interesting. I'd be curious to, I mean, I'm curious to see that. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that when you order your food there, they kind of just let you be. Yeah. For the most part, like they'll come over and like, even at the end, you kind of have to flag them down and be like, I'm ready. Like we're done. Cause they, they don't want to rush you. Cause it's rude to come over and be like, are you guys done? Like, can we give this table to the next person so we can mm-hmm. make more money? That's it's, the other thing, turning yeah, tables. Yeah. How is like the crowds there? Because that's something I'm always curious about. Because I feel like in America, you're always waiting to be seated. Yeah. And there's a sense of urgency. And I just feel like there's too many goddamn people here. <laughs> and that's where like get fed and get out. But how was it? How was it in Italy in terms of restaurants? and? I feel like it depends lines. on what meal you're going for. If it's breakfast, it's super chill. Because they don't have like the big, heavy, you need eggs and bacon and sausage and maybe a steak for waffles? breakfast. And I mean, waffles were fucking amazing. <laughs> but like, I'm definitely going to miss those. Because that's one thing in Italy that I feel like I'm going to miss is avocados, um, mangoes, and waffles. But um, as far as breakfast goes, I think because like, people in America think you have to have like this big hearty breakfast to like function throughout the day. And I think it's important to have something in your system. But there it's kind of more like coffee and a snack, like mm-hmm. some, maybe some fruit or toast. Pastries are a thing too, right? Yeah, from pastry. what I was reading. Yeah. Yeah, it's but everybody stops at the bar and it's kind of like a quick in, quick out. Um, but like people will sit down and drink their coffee or take an espresso shot. It's not, uh, it's not the line at Starbucks in the morning where everybody's like, you know, I'm in a hurry. Like well, I'm did, important. I need my coffee. And I need to hold it as I walk to my work because yeah. I want to look important, even yeah. if I'm drinking a white chocolate mocha (laughs) but like also no venti drinks so that was one thing that was interesting to me was the coffee and I was actually the way I tried to kind of learn a little bit about this was watch YouTube videos of like Italian YouTubers Mm -hmm. talking about you know living in Italy and what their culture is like and stuff and they're like you know if you come here please do not order a latte do not do it we will give you (laughs) 
a jug of milk. Yeah, right. You know, which that <laughs> jug is also like half the size of what we have in America because we just have oversized everything. Right. Lattes aren't a thing, no like foo-foo drinks or whatever, but like the espresso shots are common. You drink that quickly, you drink that to the bar, you put your money and you leave. Or you get a cappuccino, and the cappuccino is only acceptable for breakfast. Yes. Is what I read. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. The drink, I feel like drink culture is also something I really enjoy. Like yeah. in Japan, like tea ceremonies, yeah. yeah, the etiquette around that is always interesting. Although Japan has um, vending machines where they drink um, canned coffee, so that's... Yeah, that's weird. Not, not a fan. But yeah, I was reading about the espresso shots and, yeah. you know, the right way to get coffee which is just like super simple and we overcomplicate here with oh my god yeah people, I feel like fancy people... brew drinks I remember yeah. Conan O'Brien took his one of his producers to Italy and they did a segment over there and he tried ordering a pumpkin spice latte just <laughs> as a joke and the server looked like he you would ask him to dunk a skunk in the coffee or something he's like what are you talking about <laughs> don't bastardize that coffee <laughs> how dare you sir? American idiot like it's, it's like also like I feel like people have anxiety it's like I don't know what coffee to order and I, I'm like already embarrassed to think of American tourists and what they would try to get away with but like yeah I feel like it's yeah, just Starbucks more, like more... I can see some people trying to order their fancy ass drink and just be like my... it's not a drink it's a lifestyle yeah <laughs> <laughs> extra foam like <laughs> but like it's just like if you feel like there's more anxiety here like going into Starbucks it's like wait do I say venti first do I yeah. say double shot like is it double shot venti chocolate <laughs> mocha or is it venti double shot like the order is yeah. like it confuses me so much <laughs> exactly. I so can't understand it it's just like simple like that's how it should be pure like yeah it's, I think it's funny because I think Americans think that Europeans are very complicated and fancy but they're like simplified when you go there the food the ingredients everything is pure simple basic stuff because they don't want to overcomplicate it Right. They take a lot of pride in everything being wholesome and locally grown and all that stuff. And so the food is usually just more flavorful just because it's in season. Uh, and the markets pride themselves on being fresh and uh, sort of the, like the restaurants and stuff. Um, and it's just, it's slower, more flavorful. It's better. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the pure thing is yeah. interesting because like, you know, like, um, I mean, for like pastas and stuff, like carbonara or just like simple red sauces are what are emphasized, yeah. not too much going in. Alfredo is not a thing. That's something we made up because yeah. cream. Like, but there's more <laughs> stuff cream. cream. <laughs> we want to put it in the ice cream. We want to put it in the sauces. Yeah. No, and like just like simple, simplest of the flavors I'm looking forward to. Because even Indian food's not like that. We kind of no. do a lot of too much. We overdo it here. A lot. Yeah. Especially the restaurants. Oh, but like, that's, that's what's cool. Like kind of like... What is this meal just with the few components that it yeah. has? Going back to basics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm excited for that. Um, the other interesting thing, um, I think... Sorry, the phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> the other interesting thing that I was reading was, you know how if you go to Italian restaurants here, you get, like, bread. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, we'll start eating bread with the butter and the olive oil before we get our actual entree. And I was reading, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Gia, is that... That's one thing the YouTuber was like, do not ask for butter. Do not do it. Do not ask for olive oil when we give you bread. That is a part of your meal. It's the course. It's a yeah. part of the courses of the meal. You use it to eat your entree with. So you yeah. pick up the like pasta or whatever and you use it to clean off your plate. Mm-hmm. You do not eat it exclusively on its own with butter or oil. 
And I thought, I was like, that's good advice because I could have seen myself asking for that. Yeah, and just kind of have some butter. But that's interesting. Like, it's more of like, it's kind of a utensil. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, which I think is interesting because like roti is kind of like that. Yeah, you... and roti is a chapati bread, by the way, Indian chapati bread. Yeah, and so it's something that you use to eat your meal with. But it's also a part of the meal. <laughs> I love that. That's like yeah. injera. So like Ethiopian food, I mean, African food does that as well. Yeah, where I feel like people, because they didn't have utensils, they had to get creative with how they were going to eat stuff. And bread is a great vehicle. That it's is... a good, it's a great food delivery system. <laughs> <laughs> I love that innovation. I know. Like what would be the What can you do with bread? <laughs> yeah, you can do everything. Right. Including put it in my mouth right now. <laughs> it's a superfood. <laughs> What would have been the food utensil choice here? Like, what could it be feasibly right now? Mm. String cheese? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we use breadsticks here, too. We but, probably I mean, we do. I mean, hamburgers, pizza. That's it's true. Like, we've Americanized those. Everything is on bread <laughs> and mobile. <laughs> we have kind of taken a lot of food yeah, from sandwiches. other people. I feel like sandwiches are a big oh, American yes. staple. And that's true. Yeah, and those are delivered on bread. <laughs> Wait, that's a good question. So what what are we known for? So when I have, my cousins from Norway come, they see us as we eat a lot of burgers, mm-hmm. which is a, untrue, but they're also blown away by how big our burgers are, and they just think of us, think they, they think of us as McDonald's. Uh. We are oh, McDonald's. Lord. That is our standard of food here. Good lord. I don't know if you've gotten a different perception, but that's what we... That makes me kind of sad. Yeah. I don't know. I'm conflicted because I feel like when, in Europe, the McDonald's are actually better than the ones that they are. They here. are. They Even Canada. And there was something comforting about seeing a McDonald's abroad because I, I, everything was so unfamiliar. And then I was like, oh yeah, there's McDonald's. And I never... Eat McDonald's while I was there, but just knowing it was there in case I needed Wi-Fi or a bathroom is kind of nice. <laughs> it is a security blanket. Yeah. I'd be curious to try the fries of every different McDonald's in like a different country. Yeah. In fact, I've done that for Canada and I've done that for Amsterdam and they do taste different. Yeah. They're different quality. So I feel like um, if the Europeans are judging us by European McDonald's standards, then maybe that's not a bad thing. It's a compliment. Yeah. It's like they're not that bad. Um, but they're obviously not like the local eateries because that's yeah. another thing I love about Rome is that you get to see a lot of just kind of local restaurants and things like that, and it's not big name brand restaurants. Are there less chain restaurants? I think so, especially okay. in the like the downtown area, the the cultural center of the city is less, uh, I guess, commercialized. I mean, it is commercialized, but not you're not going to see a bunch of chain restaurants. Right. They might still have, like, tourist-catered restaurants, but maybe not, like, you'll see the same one on every other block. Yeah. And there's a lot of tabacarias, and it's little places where you can pick up smokes and newspapers and train tickets and stuff like that, or bus tickets. And that's the other thing that's interesting, just with the food culture, is, like, um, I think, I don't know if I was reading about Italy for this, but, like, the process of getting to work is also, like, a social interaction Mm -hmm. kind of mode. Like, you're doing it... You usually travel by foot. You're not driving. So there's this whole other social component of just arriving to work, getting your coffee, talking to the people that you're passing by that we don't have here. Yeah. We have a car. We have drive throughs That's kind of what kind of cuts out social interaction. And that's what's also interesting about food, right? The more kind of fast food and the chain that you have, the more you dehumanize that experience. And I think that kind of shows a lot in the culture and like a feedback sure. effect. And so that's what I'm curious about is I love seeing just the mornings in different places. I think we should 
maybe do like a full segment on something called place ballet because I think we talk about that a lot when we're like traveling and just discussing this because part of me wants to know um like because I know it's the it's the travel methods that have changed the way we interact with food as well because Americans have much more accessibility to cars and we have more space to have mm -hmm. drive throughs and things like that and so it's cut off our connection to uh you know really sitting down and enjoying a meal um versus people whose cities are built in such a way that they're built for walking not for cars mm -hmm. and so then you run into people more and you have to go into the restaurants to pick up food and it's just a slower pace because everybody's walking you're not driving you don't have to be in a rush um so place ballet is kind of like how um your geography and how your city is laid out changes how you interact with humans and yourself while you're in it and um, that's always fascinated me because I think uh, I haven't traveled too many places, but the places I've been to, uh, like whether it's like a village in India that really like structurally the way I'm moving about it changes the way I interact with people, the way I interact with the world and the way I interact with myself. And then when I was in London, that was a completely different experience than it was in Rome because Rome is a walkable city. You can walk anywhere in Rome. Well, almost anywhere. Hmm. Um, and then London, you kind of have to take the underground everywhere because mm -hmm. it's such a large, sprawling city. And, I mean, you can walk downtown, but even there, like, you, huh. you take the tunnel to the next pub, you know? Right. That's that's really interesting. And so is place ballet a discipline? or? Um, I don't or... know if it is. It's just something I discussed with a friend of mine. She would know more about it, but I definitely think it'd be like something... Something I think it might into. some sort of um, I can't think of the word right now, but I, I agree because I think in our last, last podcast we talked about transportation in different places and how that kind yeah. of changes interactions. And yeah, you're right. I think it would change food culture as well, and kind of interesting how those connect because even in Japan, like there's a or in Tokyo mm -hmm. specifically, I'm going to talk about the big city. There's a lot of trains to get around the big city, mm -hmm. and you'll see a lot of food in the train areas mm. like you see most of the food there where it's concentrated and that's yeah. where it's going to be concentrated so I think that's interesting and yeah. even in India like in the villages you're going to be I mean you you kind of are limited to like your farm food because you literally can't you travel can't, anywhere yeah. and it's so hard to bring it in or out. exactly and that's fascinating and yeah. that, so I would be curious to see that in Rome because yeah. I agree now just thinking of all my travels like to other places that that's actually a pretty key component um and probably factors into, well, can you actually sit down and have a meal? And what is that experience like? And also, like, if you're on your way to work and you can grab a coffee and interact with people because you're walking to work, that's a different experience than I need to get in my car. I have to go work. Also, right. long-ass days because it's so far and be stuck in traffic for an hour. There's a Starbucks drive through That's what I'm going to do. You're detached yeah. from that experience in a way, literally because you're in a car and you're separated in a physical barrier getting off a tangent there, but that is really interesting. Um, no, it really is. And I was just thinking about how I think it was like, uh, almost like 50% of the people that work in Seattle don't live in Seattle because they can't afford to live there. And so everybody's commuting in. So, uh, and I've noticed this like five o'clock on a Tuesday in Seattle is everybody just at the bus stops leaving. Right. And then, um, it, the city's kind of 
solemn and empty afterwards and there's not like that fun people walking around interacting it's just it's kind of dead and it's um but on weekends it's totally different there's people hanging around and there's a lot more people gathering at restaurants and um, bars and things to hang out and do things especially in the summers there's stuff going on but in Rome it's kind of like that all the time except in like the deep summer where everything's too hot and everybody like goes to the countryside (laughs) um but there's the city stays awake longer because people don't they live in the city they live there and like, there's like a their lot community yeah because i feel like whereas seattle is like a commercial center where people come to work rome is a place where people live that's that's the center in itself for yeah. work and living so wait my question is i one thing is um they also eat dinner pretty late mm-hmm. 8 p.m is a more socially acceptable time yeah. Which is way later than I feel like we do for, I mean, that, that's for like a weekday. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I guess my question is, well, work culture also, like in America, it's pretty brutal. We work a lot, which I think is what makes it hard to also have fun in the place uh, where you're working or that area and have time for it. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about what the work culture is like in Italy or Rome where you were at? I think it depends on where you are. Uh it's it's definitely more lax because there is that siesta time where every, everything kind of gets chill after lunch and everybody takes it takes it easy and pl- because it is more family centered i think people want to have extra time to go home and be with their families have a nice lunch That's and, nice. Then, and then come back to work and kind of take it easy um i i can't speak too much to because it's so touristy there's like a tourist driven uh commercial center of rome so i think it's different than other parts of italy are so, um, but like my cousin lives in Pacenza and so she works on a farm and that her, they work hard, um, pretty long days, but that's only seasonally. So whenever the farms are, whatever the, whatever they're growing, what, um, will dictate how much she works and when she works. Sure. And so I think there, but there's like that rest period, um, when their crops I mean, are siesta itself yeah. is something that's really interesting because we don't yeah. have that here, you know, like that time to step away Again, appreciate the time that you're eating right. in good company and respecting the food in a way that yeah. is, you know... And respecting your own body. Yeah. Taking care of what you're putting in it and not just criming it down and running. Like, you need time to, like, digest it. I think now I'm also curious, and this is why, I mean, G and I are hoping to do a podcast after our trip because mm-hmm. we're, we got to learn about this, is... How food education, like how right. that happens in school, because we don't do very, we don't do a good job here, and I wonder how much of that is also like being mindful. Yeah, because I feel like I, and I've been at my job for about three years now, and I, I've been working as an adult for uh, four or five years now, straight, and God, uh, so I'm out of like the college cycle, and I, I'm wondering what it's going to be like to go back to work after this Mm -hmm. so I definitely think that's going to be an interesting thing to cover because um I definitely get sleepy after lunch (laughs) and it's hard to like finish off the day sometimes and sometimes I'll just take a nap during my lunch instead of eating because I'm so tired yeah and I think the idea here is like to push through yeah right it's not like actually like welcoming the moment and doing the work in a way that you're connected it's like pushing through gotta get through gotta get to five damn it gotta work late I just scarfed a energy bar today like that's (laughs) I'm a bad example of yeah. that. I am actually a great example of the work environment here. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that. The other thing for Italy, Gia, is um, I'm curious about is, well, my, so my supervisor at my current job is half Sicilian. His dad's from there. Um, he actually grew up in some part of northern Italy near Venice. Can't remember the name. And he was, he and I were talking about regional differences because, um, I mean, it was in the 1800s when Italy got unified, 
but that's still a really strong feeling that they have is like this sense of regional patriotism um, very separate from Italy and he was yeah. saying some people will even say you know I don't really like Italy like they're doing yeah. a bad job but like I'm Tuscan <laughs> you know I love Tuscany like that's yeah. and I'm that's not a correct accent on my end but like there's a more of a stronger hold and sure. their kind of immediate place region mm-hmm. um, in terms of identity which isn't untrue of anywhere I guess even here yeah. like you're from the south I'm from the south you're from Pacific Northwest um, in India that's a huge thing too yeah like I'm from Punjab <laughs> not exciting awesome. no one cares about that no. <laughs> stop no I did a bad job of emphasizing <laughs> that but people will get pretty up rattled up about uh it's almost like uh you know how sporting teams when you show up to represent like people will get that way about Punjab and Gujarat and like just a regional uh, yeah we're still places. very tribal right yeah, and I think yeah, the yeah. regional differences definitely do that we still have a need to divide even within one nation and I think when I travel, I like seeing that too. Like, I mean, when I traveled to Kentucky just here, I was just like, wow, people interact so differently. And so, I mean, I don't know where you're going, but I'm excited because I'll be starting in Rome and yeah, then I go way. up to Venice for okay. a day and then I'll be in, or we'll be in Florence for a few days and then Tuscany and then Naples because I nice. want to see that difference yeah. down, down south. Yeah, the south is cool. So... And the pizza, you know, all over. Like, I want to, I mean, if I do blog, that's yeah. what I would blog about. I'm definitely excited that I get to spend some time with my cousin again, because uh, she is Indian, but she's been living in Italy for the past, like, I don't know, 20 years, and she she's a very good cook, and then she does, like, a mix of Italian and Indian stuff. Interesting. And I'm, I feel like maybe some people would, like, turn their nose up at it, like, the, um... Italians would be like, no, we don't mix like stuff like that. But like, <laughs> I feel like her neighbors really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Uh, it, it's it's a fun mix because you you get to take the traditional Italian stuff and put a little bit more spice on it, I guess. Fusion. Yeah, and then I feel like Indians. Uh, I don't know. My family kind of has a slow eating culture too. Like my parents never like they always told us to eat, chew your food, eat eat slow, enjoy it, say you know, you know be thankful for what you have, and um, there's no need to rush through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always kind of like a nice, slow process at my house, too. So I feel like it wasn't too... I, I connected with the Italians on that. Yeah, and that's what I... And I think the other interesting, for Punjab at least, is like the eating culture also kind of directly relates to their spirituality, Sikhism, right? Because you eat langar, yeah. which is a full meal at your place of worship. Exactly. So there's a there's literally it's a, a connection spiritual the connection food. there. In Japan, it was the same. They're really into their display of food, too, because the aesthetic is also important. It's like yes. art. Um, that you're also ingesting and, um... Maybe not as artistic as Parisians, but, you know, it's up there. <laughs> oh, I feel gosh. like no one can compete with France. <laughs> France thinks that. At least that. they would think that. France yeah. thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> they got good chocolate croissants, but everything else, you know, I mean... I'll just, I don't know. I've never really wanted to go to France, but I kind of want to check out the southern side because I heard the, the countryside of France is really beautiful. Yeah, I'd do that. I just was like, they were kind of mean when I went, but like, again, I've only been to Paris, so. Because my dad was there and he wasn't a fan. Yeah, you learn a lot. <laughs> um, well, sometimes that uh, maybe Americans just need people to put us in our place. You know, I feel like I just having uh, the, the French president here Macron he was here talking to palling up with Trump but he actually when he got into the Senate he delivered a pretty epic speech and he actually talked about real problems like climate change and 
you know, peace agreements and things like that. And I was like, finally, there's an adult in here. We had to have like a guest lecturer from France <laughs> come like school us. Honestly, just anyone that comes in just sounds I know. Please help us. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. This is why we're traveling to leave and I'm trying to solicit other people to come here. And I seriously feel like um, uh, in middle school, we had uh, our English teacher. She like quit because people were too mean to her. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And she just left in the middle of the school year. Actually, it was pretty early on. But then like for a while, we had like guest teachers and subs for a while and I feel like that's our government right now <laughs> where there's nothing getting done where we have like placeholders for what a government really should be but like everybody's just taking advantage because there's no real authority around you know and it's, yeah. stuff's just going to hell and it's I remember just... that was I didn't learn anything that year Hey, that's a great example of like what you will get out of this kind of system. It's just like constantly, like, well, you hold this hole now. No, I'm tired. Your turn. Yeah. That's kind of my workplace right now, which um, we'll have to talk about next podcast. <laughs> but um, anyway, I think we should wrap up I think here so too, because I need to get ready for my trip. Yeah. I, you're going to be boarding in 24 hours. Yeah, 24 hours. I'll be on a on the plane dot. on my way. Hopefully they have... Uh, good entertainment but i've downloaded some podcasts and some books on tape and our podcast <laughs> of course i'll be listening to this tomorrow on the plane i'm sure <laughs> awesome. um, well i'm excited for you and i'm excited to join you there shortly and we'll be sure to post something or share a picture with everyone yeah hopefully we can keep the blog going for a little bit uh even if it's just a photo or two just to keep everybody abreast of our adventures or i'll be too busy like drowning myself in wine and pizza <laughs> as getting the app away from this place for a little bit but we'll try to do one picture of us all together enjoying a meal somewhere in Rome. Or I'll like, she'll crop me in to one of her happy photos. So I'll be like <laughs> off somewhere else. Just drunk in a corner. <laughs> yeah. And we definitely have to go get gelato together. Oh, I want I want that now. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And we hope to check in with you when we get back. And I can't wait for this adventure. Yeah, me too. Remember, all roads lead to Rome. So just walk a road and you're basically with us. <laughs> is that wrong? No. No, Rome isn't where the heart is. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.